this was definitely the first time that I had to navigate a world absolutely completely on my own. Hello and welcome to the Cisco Learning Network podcast. In this episode, we'll be finishing the story of how Huma Hamid, Technical Program Manager of Digital Transformation at Cisco, pursued her passion for technology by leaving the country she called home, entering into a career which presented its own challenges, and eventually forming a network that continues to support women who are interested in pursuing a career in science or technology. If you haven't already listened to the first part of this story, which was the previous episode of this podcast, we highly recommend you do so. But just to recap, after finding and nurturing a passion for technology despite debilitating cultural gender stereotypes, Huma eventually graduated from the National University of Science and Technology, or NUST, with a bachelor's in information technology. With a degree and an internship under her belt, Huma turned her attention to the next step in her educational journey. I have come to believe that my life has been like this uh, for maybe for a reason. And now I really enjoy the process of moving from one place to another. I think the choice for me was pretty straightforward. I only had to choose the country or and the university close to my family. I was not going to live on my own independently. That was unheard of. That was not something that I would ever get permission. I knew that. So out of the three countries, I had to choose like either coming to the U.S. because that's where my family was or part of my family was in Australia or in London. I made the choice to go to the U.K. because it was closest to Pakistan. It was seven hours flight. You can get back home. At the back of my mind, I was mindful that, you know, even though I was going out of country, but I still wanted to be in reasonable distance to my mother who was still in Pakistan. So if I ever need to come back, it's just one flight that I need to take back home. So yes, London was the option. And the choice of university, again, there were a few universities that I applied and I got admission, but I had to pick the one that was closest to my aunt's house so I could live with her. And then I could take a direct bus from her house to the university. So the choice was pretty straightforward. There was nothing more or less to that. The time in London, I never traveled alone before I moved there. I never used the public transport before I moved to London. But if anyone has ever lived in London greater area, you would know that that's how you commute. You take buses or you take trains to go to get anywhere you want to. And that's what I learned very early on when I moved there. But that was very different from Pakistan, of course. Right. So this was probably the first time I was on my own, even though I was living with my family. But there was a sense of freedom that came with that because I found a lot of students, international students from all different countries. They were all there in my class. Some of them were working. Some of them were living independently. Some of them were living with families. So I think there was an extreme sense of freedom and independence that I got when I started studying there. There was also another level of independence, like independent thinking, critical thinking, which I think the, the education system in Pakistan had very set goals and set expectations, how you navigate a problem. But just going to this place where people with different backgrounds, experiences, even different age groups were grouped together to do assignments and projects together. So I think I just love being part of that. 
it was so diverse it was so collaborative and it was very diverse in every single way so i absolutely loved my time in london the only part that i missed was being away from family but i think it just made me look at a problem at a global scale and there was no limit to what i could pursue or i could approach a problem so i had access to all the literature i had access to all the people in the field who were doing active research and i think all of that was mind-blowing i just felt i was i was at home when i was in london you know among all these professors and friends and just people from different countries and that was the best time as a student that i enjoyed my day-to-day -day would look like i'll just get up in the morning take a bus and go to school and there are times when it was snowing there was time it was raining and there was time that when i got back home it was almost dark all of these things i've never done before in pakistan because i grew up in a very protected environment and my mother will always accompany me so just having that was partly scary and partly exciting being part of the school we had a lot of coursework around different areas and my area of research or of interest was looking at the digital transformation and the impact of technology on different communities. And I was particularly interested in technology adoption in third world countries or developing countries. So I picked a case study for Pakistan at a time, you know, when there was no other research available in that segment that how the digital transformation for enterprise applications was happening in the country. Choosing that research was exciting for me in two ways. It would give me exposure to explore an, a research area that was not explored before or nobody has done active research. So there was very limited literature review available or case studies available in that particular area. So that was exciting that I was going for something that was not done before. And then it was also that I could relate to a lot of those experiences and learning myself because in the local context. It was a pretty challenging research problem to solve because Again, it was hard to conduct interviews for research, to collect any data, to reach out to people back home and convince them to have a conversation with me just for my research. So I think there was definitely a level of complexity and challenge associated with it. But I personally really liked exploring that, even though it was challenging. I have always went to schools where English was the primary source of education or the primary language of education. My supervisor wasn't very excited about my written communication skills and she always had a word of advice for me whenever I'll submit my assignment. So I think for me, learning how you interact with different people with different backgrounds was exciting. Having access to all the literature and research opportunities and being able to discuss those ideas with other peers and, and also with my professors was very exciting. And just breaking away from very limiting way of learning was also very exciting. Huma compiled her research into a paper she titled Towards Unfolding Customer Relationship Management Implementation Challenges in Pakistan, a case study. Customer Relationship Management, or CRM, essentially allows businesses to learn more about their target audiences and how to best cater to their needs, thus retaining customers and driving sales growth. After studying how customer relationship management worked in the case of a bank in Pakistan, Huma wrote the following conclusion, quote, The research study has revealed that certain social and environmental factors affect any information system project's success and its possible outcomes. 
Also, the project's success or failure has various dimensions, therefore analyzing a project from multiple dimensions has provided a better and clear view of the overall picture. The people factor has played a very critical role in the project's success, therefore they are needed to be managed wisely. Technology alone cannot perform miracles if people do not use it properly. In this regard, relationships shared by different stakeholders are also critical to any CRM project's success. There are certain culture differences within the Pakistani CRM market which can adversely affect CRM success, therefore instead of merely following the international trends, an effort should be made by the companies to increase awareness at all levels within the company so that better results can be achieved. The future of the Pakistani CRM market is getting better and better, and there is a great potential for getting the promised benefits from the CRM systems. The only suggestion I would like to make is that instead of reinventing the wheel, stakeholders should learn from the mistakes of Western companies. If they have imported the solution from these developed countries, then those failure lessons should also be imported and applied in order to avoid damage and financial losses." End quote. So I think the most exciting part for me in research was to set myself free and challenge everything and then going and finding answers. That was very close to my spirit of curiosity and learning anyway, so I think that made research and my work in that area like a natural progression to liking research or it just came very naturally to me to be able to explore that and work on problems that were not solved before or ask questions that were not asked before or questions that were not explored before. There was no limitation that I felt when I was there. There were definitely more boys in my class even in as part of information systems management class but i found it to be way more diverse than my experience in pakistan at nust i have not been to school here in the us so i cannot speak to that experience but overall i found that london was very diverse in many different ways in terms of learning in terms of career options and in terms of being able to grow so i didn't actually felt that I was isolated. I felt at home. We had a number of faculty members who were female. Both my supervisor and my second supervisor, they were both female. So actually, I never felt anything out of balance when I was there. Just pursuing engineering, just being very career-oriented, just being very independent was something that was very different and kind of unheard of in my circle. But being in London, having, you know, going to school and being independent, I did not feel that I was out of place. I felt I was home. So when I graduated, I had the choice to stay there and started my career over there or come back and be with my mom. I made the choice to come back and be with my mom. That was also around the time when girls my age, they would usually be married already. From that timeline point of view, I was kind of late. So my mother was also freaking out that I needed to be home. So, you know, I can be on the next phase of my life. So that was one of the reasons that I decided to go back home to Pakistan and not pursue a career in London. So when I went back home, I started looking for jobs and that was one of the most challenging time for somebody like me who came back with a foreign education with almost zero to none network back home and then trying to find a job when there was a lot of political instability in the country. In 2007, just as Huma was graduating from Brunel, a conflict was erupting between the president, General Pervez Musharraf, and a Chief Justice, Iftikhar Mohammad Chowdhury. 
On May 7, 2007, the New York Times wrote, quote, The Chief Justice of Pakistan's Supreme Court, suspended by the government after he investigated some of its practices, received an emotional welcome here on Sunday from thousands of supporters. The Chief Justice was suspended by General Musharraf on March 9th on charges of abuse of power and nepotism. Street protests, led by lawyers, began almost immediately. His supporters contend that he was suspended because he had challenged the government on a number of issues, end quote. That same year, the ex-Prime Minister Benazir Bhutto returned from exile, and dozens of people died in a suicide bomb targeting her homecoming parade in Karachi. She was later assassinated. And then a year later, President Musharraf resigned after two main governing parties agreed to launch impeachment proceedings against him. Now, there are a lot more complex events that took place from 2006 to 2008 in Pakistan, but suffice it to say, Huma's not kidding when she says there was a lot of political instability surrounding the country and the country's job markets at the time. It took me almost eight months to land my first position because every time I'll go for interviews, either the hiring will cease or something will happen that will create the hiring freeze or the hiring managers to close that position. Again, that was a very challenging time for the industry to keep on all the jobs at that time, given the political situation. So I interviewed many times and I got this job at Bentley Systems. When I got this job, I thought this was probably something as a stepping stone. But once I joined the company, I loved working with the team. I was part of the R&D platform and engineering group, and there were a few more girls in my team, so I didn't feel alone or all by myself. And that was an exciting time for me to start a career in Pakistan in technology at a really good company with international offices and international exposure. Bentley Systems is a company specializing in software development for design, construction, and the operation of infrastructure. Their software is used to design, build, and operate things like roadways, railways, bridges, buildings, and industrial power plants. So we were working on building platforms and applications for construction and infrastructure industry. So a lot of those applications go through the standard, you know, software development lifecycle. And I was part of the software test team. So my day to day would look like working with the engineering team on breaking software. I found that to be very exciting, you know, to be able to book the software and see where it can break and identify all those issues beforehand, before any customer can find those and help the team build a quality software. So that's where I started my first job in the industry. Even at that time, I had teams outside of Pakistan. So part of my team was here in California and in Pennsylvania, also in India and in Europe. So it was a very global and diverse team that I was working with that made it very similar experience to what I had in London. So that made the whole job experience very exciting. And I was also able to exercise my technical knowledge and then build the foundation of my career in technology from there. And I found some really, really good mentors who helped me navigate. So that sense of isolation that I talked about when I was in school, I did not feel that way when I was working there. There were really good support system and mentoring system available for me to start as a fresh graduate as entering in tech. Huma spent a little over three years working for Bentley from her home in Islamabad. And then her world radically changed once again. Only this time, she went overseas, to the United States. 
There, she started a position at Schweitzer Engineering Laboratories, which is a company headquartered in Pullman, Washington, and that specializes in designing, manufacturing, and supporting a range of products. This can include anything from supporting power systems around the world to cybersecurity analysis. That was the time when I got transported or transplanted into to the U.S. So for me, that was not just navigating a new career, that was also navigating my new life. I was starting my family at that time and, you know, living in Washington in a small town was not something that I imagined. I always thought if I ever live in the U.S., it will be in a big city. A lot of movies that we grew up watching, American movies, and I also had a CERN and Stanford lab at NUS, so a lot of my inspiration and aspiration, you know, to move to the U.S. was to go and work in Silicon Valley. And that didn't happen for many reasons, and I started my family, both me and my husband, we ended up in Washington in a very small university town. It was a great place to learn about a life in the U.S., to connect with people and living in a small community. Actually, my husband, he started as an intern at the company, and then I also decided to join. And after a really exciting and challenging interview process, I was accepted. I was very excited. It was my first job in the U.S., so I was extremely excited to start a new life here in the U.S. What came next was part of what I felt in NUST. I felt there were not many females in the R&D group over there, so that sense of isolation kind of came back and I did struggle for the first couple of years, you know, tr trying to find if, you know, I made the right choice because I always love connecting with people and reaching out to them and, you know, to be able to solve problems. So I, I struggled a little bit not having enough community that I could relate to. And it was also a new mother, you know, navigating the industry at that time, which has its own set of challenges. Huma spent almost five years at Schweitzer Engineering Laboratories before finally leaving in 2017. After moving from test engineer to software engineer, Huma found a different opportunity. How I ended up at Cisco has also, it was a very significant turn of events in my career. I just went back from my maternity leave after my second son, and there was a part of me that was feeling that I'm kind of missing out on watching my children grow and I'll possibly missing their milestones of growth milestones. So that was a time when I was looking for a more flexible option as a parent where I could stay close to the children and then being able to work and pursue my career. One of her family friends, he reached out, he was contracting with Cisco and he reached out to my husband for a job opportunity in his team. I said, oh, this is something that I do. I would like to explore that, especially if it's a remote opportunity and it's a work from home. So when I met with the team here at Learning at Cisco, I thought that was the best decision as a working mother who was looking for flexibility, who was looking for a community of other working mothers in my team. And I just found that belonging here at Cisco. So I joined Learning at Cisco as a software developer in a contract position more than four years ago. And it was to keep a career at that time. And then once I joined the team, I realized that I just don't need to keep a career. I can actually thrive 
as part of this team and that's what I ended up doing like making multiple transitions in the areas that were exciting for me so it was literally a choice either to leave the industry and just not work until my kids grow up or find a company where I could just go and work and I can harmonize I would say harmonize my family and work life and that's harmony I found here you know at Cisco I joined Cisco as a software developer after first year, I looked at all the other options and possibilities that I could explore. So like I wanted to be into product management. So I did my certification in product management. And when there was an opportunity in the team that opened up to work on digital learning platform, I just kind of positioned myself for that and was very successful in getting that role and growing in that role. And since then, I've been part of the platform and engineering team working multiple different aspects of building products and technology. I don't go by my title anymore. It doesn't really matter if I'm a software developer or product manager or most recently a program manager managing the execution of technology projects that we have. Now I just go by tech maker. I'm somebody who is part of the technology making team, either if I'm writing code or not. So there are different, multiple different hats that I wear as part of my current role. But yes, Cisco has given me tremendous opportunity to grow and explore areas of interest that I wanted to and just pick the one that I could thrive most. And right now I'm part of the platform technology team leading the digital transformation and automation project to bring operational efficiency to our business operations through automation. Content with her new role at Cisco, Huma decided to reflect on all of her challenges in her education and career thus far. And that reflection got her thinking about young women growing up in the same environment she did and how they might face the same challenges both at home and abroad. Yes, Pakistani Women in Computing is how I wanted the support for, you know, when I started my career. So it's very much a reflection of how I wanted my support system to be, how it started it's when I started attending the Grace Hopper Celebration of Women in Computing Conference. I'll self-fund myself. To, you know, I, I, I will fund my trips to go and attend those conferences, you know, for many years. And every single time I'll go there, I find other groups that will be doing amazing, really amazing stuff for their communities. And I just found there was a gap for the Pakistani women to be filled at this global platform for women in computing. So I started a Facebook community in 2015 with the hope that using that platform and that community, I'll be able to help other women who are starting their journey in tech all the things that they need to know about how to choose a career in tech, how to prepare for interviews and find jobs. Once they find jobs, how do they grow in their roles and go to the next level? So what the growth looks like when they start families and when they have to make that choice between work and life, what kind of options do they have? So even like six years ago, the future that I imagined would be where people have choice to work from anywhere that they want, where mothers, they don't have to let go of their careers just because they don't have the flexibility. It applies to larger communities as well. Like 
people of all different backgrounds should be able to have equal access to opportunities. So I think a lot of what my journey has been trying to find the right support systems, trying to find the opportunities for myself, trying to find the role models and mentors who could inspire me in my journey. I was not able to find any of that. Every single job interview that I went through, there were so many things that I had to learn on my own. I made several different mistakes, which could have been avoided if I had somebody to help and guide me. And these were not the things that I learned in school or there was no career counseling or, you know, career progression, mentoring in school or in the industry. So a lot of us, especially women, struggle with making hard choices of leaving their career behind or not being able to tap into leadership roles because they just don't know how to navigate and approach that. A lot of that got translated into creating this Facebook group. I ran that for a few years until I found my co-founder, Farah Ali. She had her own set of experiences and journey in tech, and she was working at Electronic Arts as VP Engineering. And we both got connected actually through Facebook, and we both realized that we were trying to achieve the same goal to make sure that women like ourselves, especially from Pakistan, they have access to global opportunities. They know all the possibilities that are available to them, especially in the field of computing. So that's when we decided to join hands and make this effort more formalized. And we registered this as a nonprofit organization in the state of Washington and then I led the community for the first two years basically building it from ground up as a co-founder and also as the president set the foundation for an organization that is now running on its own so I'm not part of the leadership team this year. The goal was to build a platform for Pakistani women where they can go and find help when they need. They can find mentors, they can find role models, they can use this platform for their own visibility and the work that they are doing. And we have seen all of that happening in just, you know, two to three short years of our existence. And I'm really proud of the work that the community is doing right now. We are part of the conversations of major hiring decisions being made in the companies in Pakistan. We are also part of conversations where PWIC was participating in major conversations around how diversity and inclusion should happen in technology sector. We also participated in organizing Pakistan's first virtual career fair last year and enabled many, not just women but tech community to find job opportunities within Pakistan and outside through this virtual career fair. So I think there is a lot that can still be done. The community vision is to connect, learn and grow together and that's what I thought would be the best way to move forward. What's next for me and my career? I like to stay flexible and explore all the different areas you know, the opportunities that are presented. At the very core, I know that I would like to be more involved in solving problems at global scale that are impacting human life, especially being part of COVID. There are three areas that are very close to my heart education, health, and environment. And I'm already part of the learning and education team with learning at Cisco. So in some shape and form, I see myself growing in that role that will have a global impact.
my advice to anyone who is thinking to pursue a career or passion in the field of technology is to explore and stay flexible. There is so much to offer in this field that it's very easy to get intimidated by failure or, you know, not finding the right answer on the first try. So just staying curious to find and learn is something that I found very helpful for my own growth. And I think that constant learning and curiosity is going to get you a long way in technology. And the second part is, is the persistence. This is a field like we are solving problems that nobody has solved before. And we're looking for answers that nobody has found those answers before. So staying very curious and flexible and persistent would be my advice to anyone who's looking for a career in technology. Surround yourself with people who you find inspiring. It's very easy to feel alone and isolated in technology, especially when you are working on problems that nobody has worked before. So just make sure that you become part of communities and you go and reach out to like-minded people and just don't stay stay alone or on your own just you don't have to feel that way there are a lot of people out there who are willing to help you who are willing to mentor you so just go and reach out to those mentors and those communities to network to learn and to grow one thing that really drives me is enabling opportunities for underrepresented or underprivileged communities living in the first world countries we sometimes take a lot of these opportunities to connection to learning and growth for granted but for many people who do not have that kind of access just getting ahead of the game and being part of an international or global community is also pretty challenging so i'm really driven by helping people getting access to where they can grow and be in their full potential i think that was something that i also wanted to make a part of the conversation Sometime failure can really take us down and we think this is probably the only option that we had in life. We're really bogged down by if things don't work out the way we want them. One thing that I've learned from my life, transitioning multiple different places, moving from one place to another place, just staying grounded at who you are and what you stand for and why are you making all this effort and where you want to be. That just keeps me going and I think that can also help other people navigate this really challenging space of technology, which is not very challenging if you provide the right support system and the right opportunities to the people that are navigating this space. My whole pain point comes from not having that support system, not able to find that belonging that I was looking for and thinking that maybe I made the wrong choice. I, I think that's where people need more support and a kind of reassurance that there's nothing that is off limit. They can try many different things for learning and whatever works for them. There's nothing that is limiting them from, from dreaming what they want to achieve. That's it for our story on Huma Hamid, tech maker. To learn more about Huma and other people like Huma who have forged their own path in the tech industry, please visit the Cisco Learning Network at www.ciscolearningnetwork.com. There, you can find all kinds of resources and a community to support you in case you'd like to begin or continue your own career in the technology field. And please subscribe to the Cisco Learning Network podcast so that you can hear more stories like Huma's, as well as news in the ever-changing world of Cisco certifications and the tech industry. Thanks for listening.